Namaste and welcome back to another episode of The Sapient. Today we have yet another guest. Welcome Robert. Hi, how's it going? It's going good. How about you? Uh, doing well. It's uh, been the afternoon. I know it's pretty early for you as well. I, I'm not used to waking up that early anymore. Mm-hmm. Good, good Lord. I, I don't know how you do it. I gotta yeah, get some that's, <laughs> that's just habit. Um, when you talk to a lot of Americans and uh, British, it just becomes a habit because where I'm from. Um, yeah, so how did you come to know this project that is the Borgen project? So whenever I was in the military, I was on board submarines. And so I, I talked to a lot of different people and I was able to visit different countries and see some of the effects that poverty had on the locals and stuff like that, where uh, people were living in uh, sometimes off of only $2 a day or barely even making uh, like 3 to $5 a week. And so global poverty was kind of like growing up in Texas and in America where you know, uh, we have not as much hardships. We do have uh, Americans who have their own hardships, but it isn't until you go and see some of these uh, other cultures and other uh, countries that uh, for a majority of the population lives before below the poverty line that you really start to see the effects of poverty on uh, a community and their way of life. So mm-hmm. with, with that in mind, I started uh, looking to where I can make a difference and what I can do to start helping. And I found the Borgen Project, and uh, they are a nonpartisan, uh, nonprofit advocacy organization. So with nonpartisan, they don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, uh, conservative, they, they don't care where your political lines are. It's just that the main goal of the advocacy is for helping helping reduce global poverty mm-hmm. and it, it's a very much more of a uh, humanitarian goal which i feel is if we're all going to come together for something why not just for the betterment of humanity mm-hmm. do you think like our heightened expectation in western countries has led to poverty in other countries uh, so whenever you start seeing like higher poverty rates in uh, countries developed, especially after the COVID-19 incidents that affected the world, uh, whether you're, what, whatever your vo- viewpoints are on it, it did have a significant impact on the economic uh, status of the global economy because uh, shipping lines were cut, uh, people, uh, ca- like people weren't buying as many things, people were inside, uh, relief couldn't be given to those that needed it. And it really put a big hamper on what we've been trying to do to help solve the issue. So, yeah, uh, whenever those small countries, whenever they can't start uh, reaching out to more stable countries and stuff like that, it's going to put a hamper on their economic growth as well, which leads to instability in their countries. Mm-hmm. Because what what I saw about like Bogan Project is that it's not just trying to tackle one thing, you know, because... Mm-hmm. Poverty is a combo package. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's like a punch and a kick and, um, you know, and it, anything else, uh, let, let's uh, chop. Um, because it is really a package when we really look at it. So, and also that package changes from, you know, like countries to countries because of, you know, of course, the economic situation and also uh, lack of resources. So, like, for example, because uh, I, 
I will just give you a small example. Like I just saw that one out of four containers that reach United States of food uh, gets rejected because of um, you know it's not looking good or it's not up to the standard. Yeah, you don't want to give people rotten food because uh, that just increases famine. Mm-hmm. So, um, like, how does like your project like tackle this particular issue of you know like food scarcity? So with food scarcity, is, so the, uh, the Borgen project, what they uh, focus on a lot is the advocacy of uh, the people. So uh, the Borgen project is a worldwide organization. I know people that are working with me in Africa, UK, Australia. Uh, there's people I know there's probably some in China as well. And all it is is bringing the focus of the communities of people that they're around to encouraging governments and encouraging others to uh, focus on making a change. So while the Bergen Project does not personally uh, deliver the food and stuff like that, they uh, advocate for the organizations and uh, that do do that to get uh, to help them receive the necessary funding to uh, reach those people. Uh, For example, uh, for the United States, uh, an aircraft carrier costs about six Mm -hmm. billion dollars to uh, make and maintain the world's largest uh, food uh, like food program only gets about four billion dollars a year. So uh, the like as much as I love the defense budget of the United States as whenever I was a part of it, mm-hmm. we can definitely improve that. Like I think for the United States, only one percent of the budget actually goes to international affairs, like uh, for uh, federal funding for international affairs. And that's mm-hmm. something that we've been trying to increase for a long time because uh, that one percent, even if you bump it up to like an extra three or four percent, that's still millions upon millions of dollars that can go towards uh, fixing that food scarcity, where uh, we can start uh, putting better uh, temperature regulation controls into the shipping containers. We can start uh, uh, investing in better uh, preserving methods that could be given out to the people as well as uh, train specialists to make sure those lines stay secure. Mm-hmm. So much for being the leader of the world, isn't it? That. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't know what the budget was until I actually started doing my own research. And it, it's kind of, uh, it's extremely strange that how much, how little, sorry, is put into this kind of budget to help you know the rest of the people of the world because like like we all know that the united states is a very much a like the one of the leading world powers mm-hmm. and a lot of and i know and a lot of people i've talked to a lot of people like oh what about the people in our own country or what about like why do we have to do that like it, it's a lot of uh people wanting to place a blame somewhere else or like why do they have to do something about it why can't someone else and that's the thing is all we are asking you to do is call like that that's like mm-hmm. the number one thing for the Borgen project is uh we want people to advocate we want people to lobby we want people to bird dog uh the united states and people for in the uk to uh contact your members of parliament and for the us contact your congressional leaders these are the people that are going to be able to allocate that money and do the the things that you want to do it's just that all you have to do is make yourself heard about what you want done and 
uh, with the Borgen Project, that's what we are, is we are just trying to redirect focus of governments and the people to a uh, collective focus towards like one specific goal or the complex goals that you're talking about with global poverty being, you know, literacy, famine, food scarcity, um, transportation, energy. It's, it's so many different issues that all need to be solved, but yeah, start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read somewhere that if 7 billion people said that it's not my problem, uh, you know, it would be a big problem. Everyone's got issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but do you believe that capitalism also benefits from poverty? You know, I, I understand what uh, you're asking, and I I do believe that in a sense because whenever uh, the United States or UK or any other uh, developed country gives support to a underdeveloped country, it promotes you know economic strength for both countries because that's more shipping that's going out, that's more job creation, that's more. Uh, international positivity or uh, good re uh, relations with other countries. And that will also boost uh, the economy of the country that is supporting that country because it creates those jobs, it creates those connections and it allows uh, for uh, steady economic growth. And that's the thing is if we're not involved or we're not putting ourselves out there, whenever these countries who are experiencing extreme poverty, uh, the governments start to collapse uh, people are then radicalized by uh, people that want to change, but more of a, a greed for power. We, we've seen this a couple different times, especially with a lot of different countries in Africa, where we'll see unstable governments that have not received any help, or uh, they are very much in a financial financially unstable position that their people would be uh, like brought up and they're going to be like riled up to want to cause a coup or uh, cause a economic collapse because they don't know what to do. Like uh, uh, most Americans, I would say probably over 75% of America, Americans really don't know how complex our government is. And that's just how it is, is we put people into power. Those people are into power because they know how it works and they understand the system and how it should be. And if that system collapses and there's no one that knows how to run that country or in order to set things up, it's going to bring everything to, I would think, even worse, which I it's hard to believe that it could get worse with how much is going mm -hmm. on. Yeah. You said something about, um, you know, people not knowing how does their government work. You know, I would go a step ahead and say people would be surprised if they knew, if they knew, like, how dumb few of the congressmen are just because you look at any like congress uh, congressional hearings about anything and half of the questions asked could be like solved with a google search yeah and uh i think that uh also a lot of people think contacting their congressional members or parliament is like oh you gotta jump through all these hoops and stuff like that. no i I mean, I talked to my senators already on the phone and by email. Like, it, they, it, all that information is public. You can legitimately just look up their information, give them an email, or give them a call. And I, I also looked up an interesting statistic that it is not uncommon for it to take only seven people 
to either mm -hmm. email or call their senators or representatives to have them co-sign a bill. It does not take that many people to just come together and ask their uh, representative for something that they want. So like, let's say uh, you get like 20 people that you know, and y'all want to get behind this, and y'all all say you're going to call your senator or you're going to email them. That can be enough for them to put support towards a bill that like for me, uh, one of the biggest bills I want to support is the reauthorization of the read act. Um, the re this act was established back in 2017 on a five year mm -hmm. basis. And it helped millions of people get more education, learn how to read, write, gain proficiency. Because like, I, I believe two out of every 10 children in the world are illiterate or have no opportunity to an education. And I think that's appalling. I honestly feel like every person in this world should have access to a, an, educa an education because most people, you know, they have a smartphone. The entire mm -hmm. internet, all the information you can have is right here on your phone. But if people don't know how to access it or even how to read because of the, the illiteracy, the, the global literacy rate, mm -hmm. and if people don't know how to read, they can't educate themselves, can't better themselves, and they can't become part of better their communities around them because mm -hmm. communication and education are, in my opinion, two of the highest priorities you should know how to do. Yes. And it's also kind of weird that we have all this technology available, yet we cannot figure out an efficient way of, you know, delivering education. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds so simple to say, but it is, I you know, I feel like it is so simple to deliver too. Um, because if you look at India right now, like, um, we don't have an illiteracy problem because people are well-educated. Um, but we have deliverance issues where there are smaller towns, you know, where there are, let's say, four to five students. A government cannot sustain a school there, right? Because um, it takes so much funding to build a building and maintain it and all these things. So right now there are NGOs who deliver um, daily daily education and they will give like like a mobile tab. And... Children can just sit in their houses and learn. And now government also is supporting the like certifications. Let's say uh, a kid is in third standard and that kid wrote the exam while sitting in home. But it is um, it is like validated as education. Because they, they understand the basics of it at least. Mm -hmm. So do you think like western countries and few western countries heightening this education like it's almost like blocking access to education because of you know their own greed do you think it's it's kind of like unethical i actually despise uh, most western education systems because of the standardized standardized testing methods that they use uh, my mother and two of my aunts are both teachers and the uh, the education system, they tell me all the time how how screwed a lot of these uh, kids are because they're going through the system and because of no child left behind or uh, because of COVID, uh, lots of different reasons. Uh, they are just it, it's just budgets. It's money. That's all it is. The, the, these children, they're not caring. Parents are not caring. Now teachers are starting not to care either. And no one's caring about the education because it, of how messed up it is. 
And while it is greed, it's exactly what you said. It is greed because uh, school boards, colleges, all it is is about uh, pumping money into those institutions. And I, it, it's no better really than uh, a child in their home on a tablet, except now they have a, a teacher in front that writes something on the board and then hopes the students learn it. If they don't, give them a somewhat passing grade and just send them on to the next person. It, it, it's such a... Mm -hmm very toxic environment for the education system in general that yeah i mean i saw a teacher talking about it and they said like you know the modern education system is so similar to a factory where they're just like putting up a couple of parts and just pushing it out like they don't care about quality of it or they don't really care about quality or just the life of it like what i'm teaching how long is it going to last it's all about just numbers, like how much grades can you just score? Um, and yeah, because yeah, and also like um, because I think there is a there is a there is this particular rule in United States that uh, you know schools with higher grades receive higher um, you know like allowances or budgets, and I'm like, yeah, you I don't think you you are making any sense just. For example, just look at like NFL, right? The person, sorry, the team who, who who scores the lowest gets the number one draft pick. Like, that's what's sensible, right? Because if a person is weak, you help them. You don't push them even, you know, down further by saying, okay, you're not going to get money now. Yeah, no, uh, uh, I've known plenty of schools that were just like that. And I've seen a lot of different schools as well. Whenever I lived up in Connecticut, went to New York all the time, and I met new people that were uh, inner city kids, you know, like they went to uh, schools that had little to no funding. Uh, and the way uh, kids are treated in some of those schools, and even where I come from, Texas, you go to Houston, you go to different wards and stuff like that, you can really start to see the effects of low budgets for those types of schools and really you have to have some really strong teachers to even want to be there as well because uh, they're not getting paid all that much either a teacher salary is laughable for uh, what they're uh, supposed to do mm -hmm. and uh, these kids they don't care or don't understand because they see the lives they're growing up in and think oh this is just how it's always going to be I, I, mm -hmm. I don't care. It's going to be like this no matter what I do. And that's that's the thing, though, is if kids just realize that if they were a, given, like, it's not their fault. It really isn't. It's not the uh, child's fault. And if they were just able to receive just a little bit more attention or a little bit more care or just uh, able to learn the way to kind of logically think about the situation or be able to uh, use critical thinking mm -hmm. that they can they can better themselves they can uh, live in a better situation they don't have to live how they had already been living i grew up in a uh, relatively poor household we were never like you know like in deep poverty but like you know what no trips or like a uh, uh, paycheck to paycheck a couple times uh, maybe no uh, not too many gifts this christmas like uh, maybe stocking stuffers like and i was okay with that you know because i understood our family living situation so mm -hmm. i can part like i can't imagine fully what it was like to also grow up in a situation that was worse than that i can kind of mm -hmm. understand but i can't fully understand yeah 
and uh, I understand uh, maybe uh, for you as well. Like uh, I, I don't know if you also maybe grew up in that kind of living situation. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, different cultures, different uh, ways of life, but I, mm -hmm. all in the same. I think the universal message is, I think kids are probably uh, the biggest priority as well for education. Mm -hmm. So they can improve what we couldn't. Yes. And also it's like, you know, the education system and like how people react to education system is like just so much weird compared to other things. Um, because, you know, we are spending so much on military. We are spending so much on literal bullshit. Um, yeah. that can be spent on like education and food. And, you know, I, I often see like pro government people say that. You know, it's necessary, it's necessary that we pay for Ukraine. You know, we, it's necessary we pay for other things that especially in arms and ammunition. And, you know, and I'm like, how about you just slow down? I'm not asking you to stop it. Right? I mean, no, yeah, no, uh, so many uh, millions, you know, like, mm -hmm. billions, it, billions uh, of dollars to Ukraine. Yeah, and we're willing to hire, um, you know, like private mercenaries and uh, to secretly send them to countries, um, you know, to influence political uh, decisions in that particular country. When like one half, 1.5 million people are homeless in California. Like, come on, like that should not make sense in any world. But yeah, unfortunately, like lobbying exists. Well, I, that's actually what we do at the Burton Project. We do lobby, but it's for these programs for like, you know, like uh, helping reduce different issues around the world. That's what we lobby for is those uh, bills that allows the government to give the funding to these organizations that uh, I, I feel like a lot of different nonprofits and that could definitely use the uh, the funding, like people whose passions are helping people. Like, I feel like there are still quite a few people that do feel, uh, think the way we do. I would like, you know, in wanting to help. And whenever you get start going up into government and stuff like that, I think that isn't quite the same. It, it's, it's more of a game. It, uh, it, you want to support the people that support you in a sense. And I feel that's why we're trying to lobby Congress as well as we're trying to be that support as well, but for a humanitarian cause rather than a political cause. Yeah. That's what I was going to come at. Like, you're just playing the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you just saw, okay, this is how this game is played. Let's play the same game. Um, but I feel like lobbying itself is like unconstitutional. It's like legal bribery. And, you know, yes. and it's rightfully does not exist in all, all, you know, all of the world. It's only mm -hmm. few countries that it exists in. Yeah, uh, human uh, freedoms do differ from country to country. I've been to a couple different Middle Eastern countries where uh, the laws are extremely different from what I grew up. Uh, I remember uh, like going to uh, Bahrain, which was a, it, it's a very, uh, I would say, cons it's not a strict country. It's really not because mm -hmm. uh, uh, I do see that there were some women that uh, – that didn't have that had to wear the headdresses or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But 
I think uh, Bahrain, the way it's treated in the Middle East, is kind of like a vacation country. A lot of different yeah. Middle Easterns will go there. Like I remember, I saw a man from uh, Saudi Arabia eating mm -hmm. pork there, which is you know you go to Saudi Arabia, you get stoned for that stuff. Yeah. And uh, but whenever I went to Oman, Oman was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the the laws like a uh, no filmography no uh mm -hmm. cameras like one of uh the people i was with almost got arrested by the police oman because he took a picture of the belly dancer oh, and mm -hmm. uh yeah and the the the, uh, the security guard started coming and stuff like that and we had to like like i used deleting it did like you know he was, he was dumb you know mm -hmm. but especially in america though uh with our position with the American people have so much power that they don't realize that they have. And lobbying is a, uh, like you were saying, it is evil. But if you think about it in politics as a necessary evil, so why not give that same piece of information to the American people? Because anybody can lobby anybody. You do not have to be in a, like a political power or have a lot of money. You don't have need any of that. All you need to do is just reach out. Like don't, waste your time like it, like if anything it only takes 45 seconds to send an email to your senator it, anyone can find 45 seconds i know people who are on their phone for like three hours a day just scrolling through videos or memes or whatever they they just waste their time you know and honestly you can just take a small amount of your time to address an issue that you care about it could be anything you want just to be active and uh, make your voice heard. And you were even like, like we agree, most Americans do not know how to do this. And it, it's something that they're born with, or if you're a citizen there, you have the rights as every other citizen. And I, if you're not a citizen American, uh, like going to UK, a, a contact parliament, I don't know how India works though. Uh, how does, mm -hmm. you do y'all follow a similar like parliament or do y'all have uh, a yeah. what kind of, Ours is like the British system because, of course, they fucked us over. Yeah, so it's the same system. <laughs> Actually, interesting thing. I heard that y'all were uh, that your prime minister was trying to change mm -hmm. the name of y'all's country to. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are, we are, we are changing it to Bharat instead of India. Uh, that's a sacred word as well, correct? Yeah, because India is like it's, it's like a slave name given to us by British. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, and y'all are also not going to export y'all's uh, rice anymore either. Um, yeah, because we, we are having, like, rain, uh, less rain here this year, this particular year. So we know there is going to be, like, less output next year. Yeah, I know uh, um, America and Canada are kind of uh, wanting that rice, you know, because I know <laughs> a lot of people. It's good rice. It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's very strange as well. Uh, like also, I, I think it's so cool that India like has always, I think a lot of, whenever I talk to people about India as well, they mm -hmm. like to think it's this underdeveloped country or it, it's really <laughs> not. It, it, they have the most yeah. English speakers in the world. Their, mm -hmm. uh, their culture is uh, very uh, family oriented and like it, they, mm -hmm. India has improved greatly in the past like hundred years. And there are, there are still pocket areas in India where, uh, you know, it's more uh, uh, the villages or the uh, towns or some stuff like that, that does, uh, what was it, the family law or the, uh, not family law. Uh, I'm trying to remember my world history. It's mm -hmm. back here somewhere. So, like, you know, when people say, like, India is underdeveloped, 
it's the same um, concept of like British saying that Indians are snake charmers and shit. Um, offensive as shit, yeah. Yeah, I, it's not even offensive. It, it, <clears throat> after time, it just becomes funny um, because you have taken so much shit about it. Um, you know, like people don't realize that we have the fastest and the most efficient payment system in the world. That is UPI. It's um, you know, like it, 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 like when people because recently G G twenty summit was held in India, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like Germans, uh, Swedes. Um, like people, uh, like especially prime ministers and ministers of other countries came to India and all, all of these videos just going viral right now when, when they, when they just went to a small vendor on the street and, you know, they paid that guy through a QR, QR code, um, you know, to buy something at its instant. And yeah, the no. best thing is, you know, there is no like a transaction fee. Also, India has a really good internet. Like I, I remember uh, uh, hearing like like New Delhi has some of the uh, best internet speeds, uh, depending on like where you're at within the uh, city. I, I, I yeah, don't remember where internet that is app, very but... affordable actually, like very affordable. Um, you know, like for for let's say 300 Mbps internet speed, you would pay somewhere around I don't know ten dollars per month. Yeah, you're. Uh, you come to America, you're paying around probably like sixty, seventy, maybe even eighty dollars for, like you know, uh, four hundred, uh, you know, MPS. Oh my God! And yeah, and of course here, like these, because our all of our Wi-Fi's are like unlimited bandwidth. You gotta um, pay for your bandwidth down here. Uh, I remember when it starts getting closer to the end of the month after because they the, they rate your usage and kind of like builds up, and as you uh, go along your plan, depending on what kind of plan mm-hmm. you have. Uh, Whenever you start reaching in your bandwidth, it just slows your uh, mm-hmm. internet speed down drastically. Yeah, Robert. I think I, I my family would be screwed in the United States because we are using upwards of 2.8 TBA every month. Dang. <laughs> and I'm still paying around $10. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, also as I'm talking to you, you know, in the United mm-hmm. States, uh, you uh, in India, like. There's not a lot of latency as well. Like I, I was actually expect, yeah. expecting a little bit more latency than what I'm expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was an issue early in 2015-16, and then government of India made this conscious decisions have of having servers and data centers within India, um, because you know, like China is our um, close enemy and friend. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, we we decided to go internet um, independent. So now, like, you don't even face lag, even in like games. Um, yeah, I I used to be a bit of a gamer while I was in the military. Uh, kind of mm-hmm. gave that up because I got a lot on my plate. I am still going to school. I am still in college. You know, uh, on the GI mm-hmm. Bill uh, for my communications degree. Yeah, it amazes me like how. How uh, you know old into their ages like Americans study? I mean, because in in India, if you're like even like 28 and you start to do an MBA, people start to ask questions like, "What happened to your career? Why are you a failure?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm 26. I like to consider I'm mm-hmm. actually a uh, little bit on the younger side, but like I said, I went to the military first because. I couldn't afford college and I wasn't going to take a student loan and then spend the next 
30 years trying to pay it off if I could pay it off, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it was uh, Gabriel Iglesias. He said, you know, there are two ways to go to a college. Either sacrifice your career or sacrifice your life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Gabriel Iglesias is part. so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Gabriel Iglesias. I-, I saw him in Houston a couple years back. Yeah, he's... And also, it's amazing, like, how many people he manages to piss off on a daily basis. And he, he, he just doesn't care. He doesn't. He speaks <laughs> yeah. his mind, and I, I, I appreciate that about him. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, like, those kind of people are more needed for your kind of work. Um, because Where they I, don't care I, to piss off people, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like, I, I see a lot of NGOs, they want to say something really important, but people don't listen to them because they're not, like, controversial. I'm like, dude, if I had to you know, end, world, uh, end world hunger, and if I had to work in public, I would do that. I don't give a shit. Yeah, you want to help out the people, and the feelings uh, shouldn't matter whenever you're, uh, whenever it comes to, like, issues like this. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's about do what needs to be done. Cut mm-hmm. out like all this unnecessary bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also when you know, like, nonprofits take this, um, you know, high horse way, where they are like, you know, we are we are very good, we are very eth- ethical. I'm like, don't be do do like I don't know like sh- shady shit. But if yeah. you're able to solve that particular problem, it works. Uh, actually, that's a big reason why I chose the Borgen Project to be a part of. Uh, you can actually go on their website and look at their tax, their uh, W ninety nine or their nine nineties, and mm. you could see where all that money is going. Uh, I think ninety two percent goes to the actual programs of teaching and stuff like that. I think four percent or three percent, two percent goes to uh, fundraising. So they'll put money into their fundraising programs to build uh, the you know their money to put mm-hmm. towards the programs and i think yeah. five, like like four or five percent for like operation costs mm-hmm. like uh, the, i think the only real people that are getting like an actual salary i think is uh, our president of the borgen project uh, clint borgen i think he mm-hmm. does give himself uh, a good salary but he is working about 60 hours a week uh, mm-hmm. uh, do, uh running all these programs overseeing a lot of the different stuff that's going on and a lot of the board members and a lot of the other people that work uh, either are under, uh, not paid at all. I think a lot of it's volunteer. Like, I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is mostly just to learn and uh, advocate for something that I believe in. You know, it, mm-hmm. like, no money is going to me for this. Uh, this is my own free time for it. Well, not free time, but I, I spend about maybe 20 hours a week on this. And I would give mm-hmm. more, but... I got a job and school I have to do as well. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, fairly busy. Yeah. That is kind of awesome that you're just like doing it out of voluntary, voluntary thing because um, there, there is this uh, jeweler called as Trax NYC on uh, like Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And he tries to give away like gold, like for free. <laughs> And people don't accept it. People are like, um, why are you giving me free gold? <laughs> uh, that's all. That's it also goes into so many other issues as well that 
I, I also, I honestly believe that America should have never gotten off the gold standard. I on like it's Why? one of the worst decisions. I mean, it gave it gave you the ability to print unlimited bills. Yeah, whenever you got off, like it, that's why inflation's so bad as it is now, is because we're off the gold standard. The, the, there's nothing backing up the dollar, other than mm-hmm. it is the dollar. Yeah, shall I give you like one crazy point of view about your dollar? Hmm. You know, Afghanistan has a stronger currency than India. <laughs> it has. What, say again. Afghanistan has a stronger currency than India when you compare it to dollar. Oh yeah. God, it, the the dollar's not even worth the money it's printed on. Like it's <sighs> Yeah. But it's still used as a global standard. Yeah. Yeah, that's why like this BRICS is here, right? To break that thing up. And I like whenever you know Americans say it's not going to be successful. People have tried before. And I'm like, yeah, people have tried before. So what? Like that does not mean it cannot happen. And yeah. right now, if you look at BRICS, like Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. um, I think Oman, Israel. Um, let me see. Uh, Egypt. And all of the few fuel tanks of United States are hopping off dollar. Yeah, they know it's a sinking ship. Uh, yeah, again. because, you know, back in like COVID when this um, whole supply chain broke down, you remember back then? Mm-hmm. Um, and in- Indians used to flex that we have like the cheapest oil that is, you know, cheapest fuel. And I think Saudi Arabia still had y'all beat though. Yeah, of course. No, I'm just talking about <laughs> countries who don't have fuel in their backyard. <laughs> You know, import rates, and we still had lower import rates than United States. Well, yeah, and... because we shut down all our oil stuff, like the budget for it, like and everything like that. We just shut it down yeah. for really no reason. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Biden uncle, he tried to scare us with, he, you know, like he said, we would sanction India, and for the first time in like freaking seventy-seven years, which which feels like a million years in India, mm-hmm. for the first time. Our premise had the boss to say, go ahead, do it. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you know, they had an official call where, uh, you know, like, uh, Narendra Modi said, go ahead, do it. Like, we don't give a shit. That's also another reason why we need a lobby Congress, because you know, we put these people on such high ground that we basically made, made them mentally unreachable. You know, they, they, we consider them not to be people at that point. Like we elevate them to such a high status that we don't consider them on the same plane as we do. And I feel yeah. like that definitely needs to change as well, that they're, they're all, they're all human. They take a dump every morning as well. They put their uh, mm-hmm. pants on uh, one leg at a time. Yeah. It, and they're probably more dumber than you. I would yeah. say most Americans are probably smarter than their Senator. It's just that senators yes, have the gift definitely. of gab gift of gab will take you a long way. Yeah, and I also don't understand this term of career politician. Uh, like yeah, no. that, that that's just saying, uh, you know, I don't have literally any other skill in this world apart from conning people. So this is my way. Yeah, no, uh, freaking, uh, yeah, uh, who who is it? Uh, uh, Jane Feinstein or uh, 
Uh, she's like 92, 95 years old. And uh, there was even a part where uh, I think someone told her during a bill, just say, I just say, yes. I think like someone overheard them saying that to her, like the, these, uh, uh, most of the Congress members are in their seventies, eighties, like, you know, late sixties. And they've been in like in politics for the past 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, there is less time between uh, Abraham Lincoln's inauguration and Joe Biden's birth than Joe mm -hmm. Biden becoming president. Damn. <laughs> He's been in politics for that long. And Ever. like, yeah, 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 I think I think Biden was in uh, politics back when T-Rex roamed this planet. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. And by the way, do you also know that when a person becomes senator, their um, stock returns go up to 570% every year? And that's also why, uh, because of their, the no term limits and stuff like that, the senators want to be reelected because, you know, that's where they get their money and stuff like that. So that's why I feel like American people call them, tell them, do this, yeah. or we won't put you back in. Like that. Like we're the we're the ones that put you in there. Mm -hmm. You're the we, we you get reelected because of us. Yeah, I feel like you know by this point, United States just should make insider illegal uh, insider trading just legal. They're like, yeah, just go ahead and fuck it. Like all senators are doing it. Might you know better call it as legal so that even regular people can also start to do it. Uh, honestly, I. I... Uh, the bill I was actually in support of is that politicians have no way to buy stocks. They, whoa, whoa. No, no, Robert, you cannot do that. <laughs> you cannot well, that's do that. Where they get the money? <laughs> no, you cannot do that. <laughs> you you are taking away bread and butter of all congressmen. You cannot do that. I know a lot of people think. Uh, uh, before you could become senator, I think it was a running joke that the senator has to live off of the living wage of the lowest income family before they can run for office to see what it's like for the people that live in their states and stuff like that. And honestly, I think uh, there could be a truth to that matter that I wish we had politicians that understood lower classes, like, you know, whenever I was growing up and stuff like that, you know, uh, to be able to prioritize and like find the programs that work for everybody because that's why we're putting them in power. It's because mm -hmm. we can't do it. I also, I heard that like, um, be, becoming a senator is the fastest way to escape poverty and become a millionaire. Like not, not even startups can achieve that kind of money so quickly. Oh yeah. Who was that one Senator? She went from making, I think she started like within four years of having a hundred thousand dollar salary. She was a multimillionaire. Yeah. Uh, the biggest example, Nancy Pelosi, right? Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, but there was also that new Senator as well. She, uh, I think uh, she's like only like 40 or something. I can't remember who it is. I, I have a tough time remembering names. Thank God in the military. Everyone had AOC? Name tags. Mm -hmm. AOC. <laughs> yeah. I uh -oh. hate that woman. I don't know whether she's on your project or not, but I honestly hate that woman. You you can see if you go on the site for the Borden project, actually, whenever you go to like the yeah. about page and stuff like that, it tells you the, uh -huh. the people that are on the board and stuff like that yeah. as well. And I think we do I have a you have member. Yeah, yeah, we have. You have two, I think. Adam Smith and Michael McCall. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. That's that's great. At least politicians do give two shits about actual world. I I just wish we had more people that gave a shit. That's the bottom bottom line. Mm-hmm. I also know I said I wouldn't curse while I was uh, trying to do this, but I, I got a little bit worked up trying to, uh, you know, discussing this kind of stuff. I'm a little bit passionate mm-hmm. about how there we need. Yeah, to Robert. Something. Here, here, here is what I think. Right, people who don't curse at like when when they talk, they're just not passionate, or they're just like they think they're sophisticated. Um, <sighs> yeah, because I see. I see even politicians curse, right? And sometimes it catches on mic, <laughs> microphone. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're kind of screwed there, buddy. Um, yeah, but, you know, I totally feel like it's fine to curse because that's just our way of expressing our emotions, right? And it's just part of it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. you, you know why this concept of no curse is coming from? Uh, actually, no, you can probably educate me on this one. It comes from rich charlatans, and their, um, you know, their thinking like you know, like you should always be positive, you should always be happy, and they see cursing as like this barbarian thing. It's a it's a more graphic way to experience uh, express your emotions, and I mean, honestly, it's honestly it, not. It's not like it gets you know, a point it, across. It, yeah, and if you if you look at some words used by rich people, it's it's far more fucking offensive than like fuck or shit or whatever it is. Oh yeah. Um, espe- especially when people are like, your family is very colorful. Yeah, you 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 are just telling me that I'm 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 you know like dark skin. Like fuck you. <laughs> awesome. Why you gotta beat around the bush with stuff like you can make an observation, but you. Yeah, I mean you know like I could tell okay like Robert your whole family is white and you could tell me your whole family is brown. I'm like yeah that's a fucking fact. Yeah, no. <laughs> right? And, you know, like you being in the military and you said you had traveled all over the world. Um, and whenever I ask people, like, how, how, what do they feel about India? I'm looking for three keywords. And this is my secret. <laughs> if if I hear these three keywords, I'm like, you, either you're ignorant or you're like, you, you just don't give a shit. Um, the first one is colorful. Like, when people say India is so colorful, I'm like, yeah, so it's your it's country. India. Yeah, it's but India. you know it's yeah, but you know it, it, every every country on this planet is colorful. It's not like everybody in the United States just white, you know, like wear whites and black. You know, I'm pretty sure because just looking at your wall, it's green. It's not like yeah. every house is just painted either white or uh, black, right? Every country is colorful, and then they say, um, you know, like people are very, uh, I forgot the term. It's a very political word. Um, yeah, they say people are very unique. Oh, yeah. Trying to be polite <laughs> without like, oh my God. Yeah. <clears throat> like people are very polite. I'm like, uh, people are very unique. I'm like, yeah, that's literally every human being on this every planet. Person, every person is unique. <laughs> and the third one is, um, yeah. And, and the biggest like red, red flag for me is like, you know, like, um, India is a great country. And that's, that's it. Like, that's they do it. not explain it. <laughs> that's it. Every country yeah. has the pros and cons. And, like, if you can't... If, I think because a lot of people, are, like you said, you're right. Ignorance. 
They probably don't yeah. know crap about India except from what they've seen on mm-hmm. TV, and they don't want to yeah. look like they're ignorant as hell. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because biggest, you know, the biggest anti. We have a few publications all over the world who are like biggest anti-Indians, um, and our one is BBC, uh, and the second one is the New York Post. Don't read the New York Post. So, <laughs> the, the, yeah, um, you know, because we, in, if you are like, I, I, I don't know whether you are looking into current affairs, but recently we landed on the moon. Yeah, y'all recently and... uh, did, didn't y'all? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking great. If I show you the graphic, what New York Post put up. I'm going to look it up now. I got to look it up now. Yeah, just look at New York Post and um, just post on Chandrayaan 3. The first thing that popped Uh, up was Indiana Jones. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) India. Okay. Yeah. New York Post Chandrayaan 3, I think. Reentry. New York Post. On just moon landing of India, whatever you want to search it as. Yeah, India, India becomes the fourth country to successfully land on the moon. If you just go to images, the first thing you'll be able to see. Freaking ads load. Oh, that's a YouTube video. Oh, mm-hmm. where it shows a uh, uh, a news conference uh, with uh, the flag in the background. Also, um, the satellite. No, um, so <clears throat> it's uh, it's an image of a cafe where it is re- written uh, "Elite Space Club" and a poor Indian farmer with his cow is knocking on the door oh i i'm not seeing that they may have uh, i i'm on the internet they could have uh, just mm-hmm. got rid of that one but i don't at least they had pictures of the satellite images and the uh the, you know actual pictures and stuff like that now I, mm-hmm. yeah show the achievement show the accomplishment you know that mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a major breakthrough to do that kind of stuff the the i don't understand why uh Honestly, mass media in general, even uh, though I'm, I'm, I'm just... Oh, you're going to show it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm just going to show it to you quickly. This is the one. Oh, the New York cartoon. Oh. Yeah, this thing right here. Yeah. All those political cartoons. Yeah, but this is not even political. It's just like blatantly like putting someone down, right? Yeah, the, the political cartoons. If you, there, I've actually seen some pretty... Funny ones and pretty bad ones. I think it all depends on like mm-hmm. uh, who draws it, who uh, and who sees it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know the irony is this: India's Mars mission. Yeah. It co- it cost us less than the movie Gravity <laughs> to reach the freaking moon. It cost us less than Gravity, and um, you know one incredible fact is. Sorry. Um, you know how, uh, like, of course, there's a budget to reach, uh, um, you know, to moon. Uh, this latest mission of ours mm-hmm. cost 16 paisa per kilometer. I'm just converting it to your currency. Uh, just so that it makes sense for you. 
Isn't it only like two million or five million dollars or something like that? Yeah, so it's like nineteen cents per kilometer. That's the yeah, cost. Yeah, NASA and has a huge, huge uh, price tag for each pound that goes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and ours was like seventy-five million dollars, and that oh, cost was less off, than but... the Barbie movie. <laughs> Hollywood has really just gone down in general. I, like, I haven't gone to see a new movie in months because mm-hmm. or actually probably almost a year now because the, just Hollywood doesn't make anything good. I've been watching a lot mm-hmm. of uh, foreign movies like uh, Korea has, has really been good on their their game with mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they came out with. And yeah. uh, I've seen a couple of Bollywood movies, though, none recently. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you want to guess what is like budget of um, the Barbie movie? It wasn't the budget like fifty nine million or something like that. No, you're way off too. A hundred? <laughs> no, more. It's a Barbie movie. I never even saw it. Like, I... <sighs> how much? One hundred and twenty? Yes. One hundred and fifty? More? Yes. <laughs> oh God. It is $145 million. Yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't see it. Yeah, we could have gone to moon and back twice <laughs> with that money. See, it, like it, people spend money on dumb things whenever it comes to that kind of stuff, like all the, the rich people and stuff like that. They think it's what mm-hmm. people want. We, we don't want that. Mm-hmm. We really don't. Yeah, and you know, like we recently... Uh, sent a probe to sun to study sun that's also like shit budget it's like 300 crores in rupees i'm just trying to see uh how much it is in uh, usd so that's like um 48 million yeah it it a drop in the bucket for a lot of uh, the the stupid stuff america will uh, spend on yeah and it's, it's are... like you know it, within a barbie movie we went to sun and moon like that's a literal uh... <laughs> and science is such an important <laughs> thing like like i i yeah i 100 believe that we need more scientists and more people actively like trying to improve this world instead of you know gonna watch mm. a barbie movie you know yeah Just... Though at least Oppenheimer was kind of historic, like a, based on history, you know, like I could see, I didn't see Oppenheimer. I heard some good things about it, but I already know most of the history with it. Uh, and it, it, Oppenheimer, to be honest, kind of was, you know, a little weirder towards the end of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think that's what all the geniuses of the world and I think they're not weird. It's just that their thought process changes because they have worked so differently on so many different things. Um, you know, just by the way, NASA's budget per year is $25.3 billion. And ISRO's budget is $1.93 billion. It's not even like 10%. It, it's fucking nuts. Just uh, honestly. Yeah. How much money, and, and that's another thing about like the US dollar and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think only like a small percentage, I think it's only like 10% or 20% of all mm-hmm. the money, money that gets transferred to the United States is actual physical currency. I think the rest mm-hmm. of it's just digital. 
and yeah, it, it's disappointing. It really is. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, with you know, the, oh, go ahead. You know how I was talking about the Mars mission earlier. Mm-hmm. It it cost us seventy four million dollars. It cost us less than the fucking Barbie movie. We could have been, we could have gone twice to Mars with that money. Imagine yeah. twice to Mars. And uh, going to Mars is such a huge accomplishment for any scientific community, no matter yeah. what. Like because the amount of uh, calculations that have to be made and uh, yeah. uh, all the hazards that you have to avoid just even getting there because of all the mm-hmm. debris. Like uh, we have so yeah. like just to get past Earth, like we have so much space debris. We really do yeah. like uh, like a lot of satellites are out of commission, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fusel- uh, like canisters. Uh, yeah. And then getting to Mars itself, uh, having to mm-hmm. calculate all those different mathematical equations to make sure you actually land on Mars and not yeah. miss it by a couple million miles. <laughs> do, do you want to know a frightening news? India <laughs> right, doesn't have that. a rocket. India doesn't have a rocket that can even reach moon. Y'all don't, uh, you don't? We don't have big rockets. Like they're not capable because if, if you look at NASA and Artemis, it it's like direct injection into moon's orbit. Oh yeah. I think they I also learned so something that, uh, yeah, 200 tons of garbage are on the moon now because yeah, yeah. of all the crashes, all the stuff that, uh, mm-hmm. the different countries left behind uh, yeah. rovers. Like, yeah, we're, we're sending garbage to the moon now. <laughs> as yeah. well but you know indian rockets don't have that capability so they have to do um yo-yo movement mm-hmm. that is slowly get out of the orbit of the earth and then go to moon or mars or wherever we want to go oh uh actually that reminds me that uh centrifuge company where they are able to send payloads into space by yeah like, legitimately just spinning it around as fast as they can mm-hmm. and then just shooting yeah. upwards shooting it up yeah yeah, uh, I thought that was pretty cool, and they, it, it uses way less energy and money than like mm-hmm. NASA and a bunch of other stuff. And I think they also do a lot of the same principles as well. As soon as they get it up into the upper atmosphere, into a slight uh, orbit, they'll start doing a slingshot mm-hmm. maneuver to get further out into space. Yeah, you know the the biggest thing is like everybody flexes on SpaceX, especially Americans. They're like, look at us, we we have SpaceX. SpaceX is che- cheaper than Uber. <laughs> And, you know, like in India, if you want to hire a cab, it is somewhere around, let's say, if even if I want to talk in just dollars, let's say India ran on dollars, it would be somewhere around $25 per kilometer. And yeah. this ISRO's machine is $16. That's like almost half of a car that will take you from a place to place. Yeah, no, I, honestly, Uber saved me in a lot of different, especially whenever I was drinking a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uber helped me out a lot, but uh, it, it's it's crazy how much money because I think that's going back to what I was saying earlier how uh, people always make excuses that they either don't have the money, time, or anything like that. But the thing is, they have enough money to buy a new coat, pay, uh, yeah. spend one hundred and twenty dollars at the bar, then spend another mm-hmm. sixty dollars on an Uber ride back. Or if they mm-hmm. decide to drive, which is the dumbest fucking thing you can do, get a mm-hmm. couple hundred uh, dollar DUI ticket and then spend a couple thousand yeah. having to install a breathalyzer. It's... And also, uh, the next morning, you, you spend so much money on medications just to get rid of that headache. Yep. Hangovers. Yeah, that is stupid. <laughs> fast food. Like, fast food is uh, uh, like fast food's starting to get expensive. 
you know like people are eating out all the time <laughs> yeah um totally off topic but <coughs> i think we are going past that point <laughs> yeah there the, there was this uh i think it was a podcast on youtube and there was a prostitute on that um or sorry a sex worker to be politically correct but i don't give a fuck like an entertainer no. and, yeah <laughs> all interchangeable terms um and she said something that was like oh my god that's correct and she said whenever people stop spending money on strippers that's when yes. you know economic downturn is here i i remember reading that in a paper uh, strippers and uh, are the first to know that an economic collapse is coming <laughs> yeah i was like yeah i did to have few stripper friends whenever they were like yeah this month is down i will just i will just start betting against the economy <laughs> you know just buying put options everywhere yeah i don't think the house is one in this one <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah and uh, you know she said like um you know strippers are making like 40 to 50% less money in the last two years and she was like concerned of course because it's a you know bread yes. and butter but she was like this is definitely a economic downturn because if if people start uh, stop spending this was like her literal like statement she, she was like if people start stop spending money on hose you know that they are in like real real trouble um because she said that you know like she had a client who used to work for 12 hours extra per week just to be able to afford um, you know going to a, uh, going to a stripper mm-hmm. and she was like yeah if people stop spending money there and she said like that that should be one of like economical terms like gdp it's like yeah. stripper <laughs> a stripper approval rating you know <laughs> yeah and you know if that's down you know she has hit the fan and like that's the like the reality of today um because the other day on reddit i saw a, just a meme which says um an an 1960s woman i think um just going to a mall and it uh, they wrote that uh, this is her like she had a full cart and she, they were like this is a 20 grocery 20 dollars groceries uh, and this is what she has bought before going to a $15,000 home yeah no uh, the price of like the, the american dollar if you like uh, compared to the inflation that it was today like $20 uh, that many years ago you're like it was more like 150 you know it, it's it's crazy like a new home back then was like a $1000 down payment and it was like a $20,000 home that that same home today is like uh, same size same square footage you're going to be buying for probably about $450,000 you know mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> half a million dollars just for the same home that was bought for 15,000 just uh, 50 years ago 60 years ago yeah did you see this recent um loan tenure of 36 years yeah the uh, mortgage rates yeah uh, like did you I, apply? I, no i got the va home loan i i i'm thankfully saved with that at least somewhat um, yeah you just had to put your life on the line yeah for them to I, give you a better interest rate i i actually uh, i i actually loved in i loved being in the military i actually got out cuz i was injured i fell down a 30 foot ladder well caught myself my right arm completely tore my rotator cuff and labrum in my right shoulder 
And they told me, I went to Doc right after it happened. My shoulder was like hanging like three, four inches down. Like, Doc, can you help me out? He goes, yeah, tomorrow. I was like, Doc, I got fucking duty. He goes, yeah, tomorrow. So I had to put on a bulletproof vest, sling over my M4 over my shoulder. And then we finally went over there and they said, oh, yeah, you're going to need surgery and your submarine disqualified. And uh, because I was on submarines for about five years, I loved the job. And they told me, nope, not anymore. And mm-hmm. that that kind of dis- that led me down to a dark place for a little bit, but mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I it literally had to sacrifice time with my family. Got divorced while I was uh, in the service because mm-hmm. uh, wasn't around. I wasn't home around a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I was underway and yeah. <clears throat> made life in the military is is extremely difficult. You give up uh, a lot of your things that make you who you are like yeah personally you'll always be the same but to the people around you you won't because you change Mm -hmm. you you, uh you become more quiet like for me uh, i i have a lot of people tell me that i'm very quiet whenever i'm walking around and stuff like that because on Mm -hmm. submarines if you're loud that can get you detected and you could die so Mm -hmm. you got to be quiet so i'll open doors quietly i'll uh Mm -hmm. actually on submarines we had our toilet seats zip tied down because so i was a sonar technician if you slam a toilet seat on a sub Mm -hmm. if you let drop that sound travels Mm -hmm. for thirteen thousand yards like a a couple miles and Mm -hmm. can get you detected wow so yeah that's crazy i mean kardashians would definitely not survive (laughs) in a submarine (laughs) i don't even think i think some of them can fit through the tube to go down uh, yeah, now that, uh, you know, like now they're getting surgeries to slim themselves down because that's what is the trend. I, I think it's, uh, I think cosmetic surgery like that is just an excuse for people who can't do the, the work itself. The, don't get me wrong. I think cosmetic surgery is uh, good for those who will improve their self-conscious. Like my mother, uh, she had a, she had trouble for with weight for a long time and mm-hmm. she got a, ga- a gastric bypass. And that, cause that's what she needed, uh, to finally lose the weight. And then she had, uh, lost all the weight, but she had extra skin. And so she cut that off. Like, I think cosmetic surgeries like that, where, mm-hmm. uh, it, cause it would be impossible to get rid of all that loose skin naturally. She yeah. would have that forever. So mm-hmm. that's why she had it cut off. And for me, I lost, uh, about 60, 70 pounds over the past year. Mm-hmm. And th- that, that is a lot of work, but I have extra skin that I'm probably going to have for a long time, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get rid of. So plastic yeah. surgery, I, I think is good in some situations, especially for burn victims, people uh, who mostly for self-confidence, like I, mm-hmm. it's not, it is an improvement in life because it makes them happier to live. So, mm-hmm. but because you're lazy and you want to lose the weight. No, yeah, no. I mean, in, you know, Kardashian's case, it's not even weight. You know, it's just aesthetics. Yeah, because they're getting paid already to do that stuff. And yeah, actually, have you seen some of those older celebrities that have had so much plastic surgery on them that? Yes, definitely. Fake. It looks like plastic. Yeah. Like their skin's shiny, and it's all yeah. lumpy and weird. Mm-hmm. Like John Travolta is yeah. a big example. Yeah, and also that um, what's her name? Uh, Rachel from French. Um, I'm just trying to remember her name. Uh, 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 Christian, or no, uh, 
Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And her skin is just tight. I'm like, yeah, ain't no way that's like real. Um, you have to be on something. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like if you look at like Meryl Streep, right? And she's old. Oh yeah, Meryl Streep. And she's just. Also, I do need to point out, I do need to mm-hmm. go soon as well. Uh, sure. I will let you go in like two minutes. That's not an issue. Okay. So, yeah, like, ain't no way like that's real. Like people are constantly getting treated on. It It's it's not worth it in the end because you sure mm-hmm. you look fine for a couple of years, but then there comes a point where you kind of <laughs> just like, like crap. Like I, you spent all that money to look good and now you're just paying for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like this sadness that exists in our society unfortunately so yeah we are in a you know i think we do live in a fucked up society um <laughs> it, it yeah i i just wish uh, that's i think going back to what was said in the beginning honestly just take a little bit of your time to uh, go out and just advocate for something talk about something uh, make your voice be heard and even then just like a couple people's enough to really make a difference. It really is. And, uh, also I'll, I'll say one more thing. If you don't mind, uh, on the Borgen project website, there is a section you can use that'll allow you to email your senators, representatives directly. Like, you don't like they'll, they'll do it all for you. They have a, a place right for you to do it. So you don't even have to like do that much work. Just if you go onto the website, you can do it. Got it. Um, yeah. Anyways, Robert, it was nice talking to you. Thank you very much for uh, taking your time and you know being here. Oh yeah, thank you so much for uh, having me. Also, if you want me to come back on, I got so many military mm-hmm. stories. I got a lot of different experiences, certifications. If you ever want to have me on for a different discussion, I'm all all welcome mm-hmm. to just having a good conversation. I with was you. I going to ask you after off the record, like, would you be willing to come? But before, so that you just proposed. Yeah, that works. We will have you back soon. All right. Yeah, no, uh, sure. Awesome. Awesome. I'd love to come back on and talk to you. You mm-hmm. bring up a lot of good viewpoints and uh, I always love talking about like having those kind of serious, more laid back, serious conversations with people where you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about offending someone or get someone getting too upset, like mm-hmm. just to have a genuine conversation because that's all it is. Sure, we can have difference mm-hmm. of opinions, but it's yeah. civil. We're yeah. all our own people. Exactly. So yeah, thank you very much for that. And to my audience, guys, this is the end of the episode and Bogan Project's website will be in the link description. Just go there, check it out. And especially if you are in the United States, if you are wanting a change, maybe just just act, just act a little bit because it does not take that much of your time. And who knows if it works, you know, you'll be you'll be happy at the end of the day. So yeah, please support this particular project because they are doing something that's necessary. It's not, um, and you know, it's also a very sad necessity of our society that we need to look at these basic things even after a millennia of evolutions. Um, So yeah, just go there and support and until next episode.